Welcome back to the Fifth Gear Pinned Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Scott Perkins, with my co-host, Mr. Nick Stover. How are you, Nick? Uh, doing good so far, just trying to survive the heat. Yeah, uh, I heard that California heat's been uh, pretty crazy these days. Uh, it's been beautiful, you know, digging trenches in uh, 105, 108 degree weather. It, it just uh, it builds character, as they say. Well, and I guess apparently you can't plug in your electric car either, I guess, because of the outages or something. Yeah, my uh, my electric car has, it hasn't been charged for, for a week now. They're, they're recommending <laughs> we don't charge it, but the future is electric, Scott. So, That's uh, right. I, I don't care what you say. It's the smart way to go. Sure. If you say so, I'm going to stick That's... to my big crew cab diesel gas truck. But hey, you want to get a Tesla, be my guest. Hey, I, I did the math the other day. If I run my little Honda 2000 generator for 52 hours, I can get a full charge on a Tesla. Oh, only 52 hours? Jeez. Only 52 hours. So, you know, if uh, if I drive over 300 miles in a day, it only takes, what, a little over two and a half days or about two and a half days to be able to do drive to work again. So, you know, I, I don't see how this is uh, an issue at all. Yeah, well, what you do is you just find a bumper rack and you just turn it on and you drive it while that generator's going and maybe that helps you. Uh, there, there we go. That makes sense. Make it happen. Make <laughs> it happen. <laughs> right. Hey, so we, we haven't done one of these in a while. Uh, we've, we've been on summer break, actually. Well, we just went back uh, two weekends ago at Preston. But uh, how was your summer, man? How was the oh, break for you? It was, it was good. There's a, a whole lot less riding than what I really wanted, but... Got uh, got a whole lot of working done, so that's a good thing. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, you can't you can't ride all the time, apparently. That's so. you know, so for whatever reason, the wife won't let me, but I'm, I keep trying. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the wives do get in the way. Always, all the to, time. To their credit, man, we get in their way sometimes too. Maybe a lot of the time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good man. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed the time off. I'm, I'm bummed for you. Didn't get to ride as much, but hey, it's all good. What about you? How was your break? Uh, actually, mine was mine was pretty good, man. I've I've been enjoying it. I actually got to uh, the Chittisters take a family trip every year to Idaho, up into the wilderness by Stanley, and it was uh, 14 days. Um, nice. I'm not sure how. I wasn't sure how I was going to handle. You know, 14 days at a 40-foot motorhome with five people and three dogs. Uh, I mean, I spent enough time in that thing during the race season. So, But it turned out to be pretty good. It was it was fun. We did a lot of side-by-side trips, you know, 50-milers, 30-milers. We did 100-miler the day before we left. And uh, I actually brought – we brought the bikes. We did some single tracking. I tried to, tried to kill myself on one day, 10-mile yeah. ten, ten trail, and it took four-and-a-half-plus hours to finish it. Um, if you went faster, it would have gone by quicker. Well, that wouldn't have been a problem, but there is my lack of riding this year, which is maybe four or five times this entire year. And some of these uh, side hill single track things were no more than a foot wide, and my balance was just not there. <laughs> and I was pretty much, I think I was pretty much dead six miles in. Uh, I don't know how I made the last four, but uh, you know, when it's over, you're like, Woo, sweet. Glad that's over. And then you're like, man, I'm glad I did that. But yeah, that right? that was not my thought process during that 10 miles. I can promise you that. So yeah, whole time. I'm going to die. This is stupid. Why did I do this? I'm turning back. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, and I don't know about you. Like, you know, this is 
for both of us, this is what we do, right? Racing mm-hmm. teams and doing that stuff. So having that much time off sometimes is it's a little boring for me because I'm like, okay, can we go back to racing now? Like, what do I do during the week? What yeah, do, what do I do I, during the weekend? I need to see my buddies at the track and stuff. Can we can we go back to that? Yeah, it, uh, it was. You know, I think the after the first weekend off, I'm like, okay, what race are we doing this weekend? Yeah, you know, Cal, Cali's going. Mm, we don't have racing for a month and a half, Mike. I don't know what to do during that time. Yeah, right. Like, what, what do I do? What do we do? Yeah. Well, hey, the good news is um, our good friends Rich and Kathy Suter run and own that SRA race that happens uh, once a month at Glen Helen. So at least we have that one or two times uh, during the summer break to kind of tide us over. And... Yeah, and we got uh, they got a, a night race coming up here shortly. Yeah, so what's that? 24th is the night race Saturday night and the normal Sunday yeah. SRA on Sunday the 25th. Yep, yep, yep. So for all those people that went and did your Desert MC Desert Night Race, and you still got all your lights and stuff hooked up, head over to Glen Allen on the twenty fourth and 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 get some uh, get some value out of those lights that you spent money on. <laughs> exactly, spent the money, might as well use them. Exactly. Uh, hey, let's talk about one thing. One thing I need to clear up, and I, I want to do this first. Um, for you other podcasters or track announcers or whatever, um, there is a guy called Dalton. He rides for Factory Husky Three Brothers. Um, his last name is Shirey, not <laughs> Shirley. Yeah, Dalton Shirley. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, I don't know why, man. Maybe it's because I'm friends with Dalton, but it drives me nuts. Like, I listen to the mid. The, what was it? The mid 400, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And and Ricky Johnson, dude, I love that dude, but he's like, yeah, and surely. And I'm like, oh, dude, Shirey. Like, I found myself yelling at the TV. No, it's Shirey. Shirey. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, even, I even talked to his dad, Rick, about it. And he's like, dude, don't even worry about it. He goes, we're so used to it. He goes, I just go by Shirley now. So, right. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're, Dalton's pretty used to it, and I, I used to give him a, a hard time about it, too, and he's, you know, once I stopped getting a rise out of him, it, it became no fun, so now I just call him, you know, Dalton. Yeah, and maybe that's the thought process for them behind it. If we just don't acknowledge it, then it'll just go away, but... Yeah, but that's so, so much less fun for us. Uh, correct. That is no fun for you and I, for sure. But, hey, look, uh, we went back to we went back to racing. The summer break's over. Oh yeah, um, we ended up back in uh, in Preston, Idaho, with uh, Grassroots RMX and uh, Gary and Courtney Bro um, back in the cornfields. Uh, you didn't make it, unfortunately. You had to work, I think, right? Yep, yep. Had a busy, busy season at work, and so ended up uh, that was the the third of four Saturdays in a row. So we wasn't wasn't able to make it up there, but yeah, watched it very closely from the comfort of my living room. Yeah, well, you, you missed a good one. I, I will tell you that. Um, you know, last year we uh, it was a mud fest. And yeah, the mud fest, and I had to race it with a broken finger, and it it, it was it wasn't fun that way, but it was still no. somehow fun. Yeah, and and this year, I mean, uh, all indications were it was not going to be, um, and things were looking good until <laughs> until <laughs> Friday night, um, and it rained pretty good it didn't it wasn't quite what it was last year but it was definitely muddy i mean at one point you know after that altercation or not altercation but the uh 
havoc that you, uh, myself, and uh, Robbie Bell went through with the wind tornado at Prim and ripping all of our canopies apart and turning them into pretzels. We we got a we got an alert. Somebody got an alert on their phone that was part of our group, and it said, "Yep, high winds, possible hail and rain." And I'm like, "Yep, let's just take it all down right now." Everything's coming down. Yeah, and I told Robbie, and he's like, "Yeah," I was the only one that took my stuff down, and I'm and it was already windy at that point, right? Like <laughs> eleven to fifty miles an hour, probably. And I'm like, "Yep, yeah," and you could see it coming. I'm like, "Yep, take it all down." So Paul Paul Anderson and Jack and I took it all down, and. <laughs> I was, and by this time it's raining, I get in the motorhome, 10 minutes after being in the motorhome, taking all that stuff down, the wind stopped. And all it did was <laughs> rain. So now I got to get up in the morning, put all that stuff back up. But, you know, it, it's, those things aren't cheap. I'm not, I'm not taking any chances. But one of the cool things they did this year was we parked again in the, in the hayfield where we had the pro, pro pits last year and we had them there at the same place this year. But he brought, the, he brought his portable uh, gate over and all the races all weekend started right in the middle of pro pits. He made it a that's, lot wider. That's super cool. Dude, it was, it was actually pretty dang cool. I mean, the only thing I was worried about was having noise in our pits all weekend, <laughs> but it was really nothing. And it was actually kind of cool to watch it and watch them start all yeah, week. Like it gave you something to do. Yeah, and, and you have a little bit more interaction with the fans as they cross, you know, pass through the pits down to the, the starting gate and then back the other way. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think, I think they liked it. Um, you know, I, I didn't hear anybody say they didn't. Uh, so it was, it was, it was kind of cool, and and it helped too because we had a. We had Umora, which is the uh, Utah Motorcycle Off-Road Racing Association uh, out here in Utah. It's a new series that they started out here, and those guys actually co-sanctioned with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had a lot of their guys with us too, and, and it was pretty cool having you know some different people there to race against and so forth. And So that, that, that worked out pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always, always nice you know, expanding out and – racing new people and having you know new exposure to different areas and different riders. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's tough for us as NGPC because, you know, the rider base is really California. Right. Um, but the series was up over a hundred again this year. It was up last year and the, from the first year. And, and so it helps. And that series has really taken off and, for you guys listening, if you've never raced in a cornfield, you, you just got to do it. I, fi- I finally did it this year, and it was pretty dang cool, to be honest. Um, and it's, it's, it's super cool. Um, there's there's a penalty for getting off track. So, you know, it, it does a good job of making sure that nobody's cheating. Yeah, and make sure you explain to people what that penalty is. So they uh, it's it's bruises from your knuckles all the way to your shoulders. And then if you really get off track, then you're getting it into the legs and the chest and the face. And, um, you know, uh, was it early enough this year that there was still uh, corn on the uh, on the stocks? Uh, I think there was. And so the, the, that adds an extra level of pain because you're getting hit by fresh, solid corn. Um, so, yeah, there there's. There's quite a pain penalty to uh, to making interesting lines. Yeah, it. I mean, if you guys like corn on the cob, um, 
this isn't the same kind of feel that you get pulling it off the table and the bowl on Thanksgiving and slathering it in butter and eating it up. This is you smacking that hanging on the corn stalk <laughs> with your arm or your hand at 30 miles an hour. It, it is, is not the same enjoyment, trust me. Yeah, you, you get, get one to the throat and you just, you're pretty much calling under the lap and you're uh, sitting down and taking a breath for, for the rest of that lap at least and then coming around and looking at what, what you did wrong and how you cannot do that next lap. Yeah, and, and you know, it's – they they did a good job with the with the track this year. It was a little bit different. They added some new stuff, and that was that was pretty cool. Um, and I think people liked it. Uh, I don't know that it was the easiest to pass on this year. Um, it seemed it seemed to be a little tougher, I think. But um, it, overall, I mean, it was it was. Good. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, so let's, let's talk about like results, right? Um, we had a, you know, Sunday was, was pro day and, and we had a, we had a chance Hymas sighting again and uh, it was cool to see him, you know, come back out. It's, it's kind of his home track. I think he doesn't live too far away from there, but um yeah, he had he had a good day. He didn't he didn't have a good Saturday. Uh, his his Honda uh, blew up about a hundred yards from the finish on Saturday at Double A. And and uh, next thing you know, from what I was told, he was borrowing one of Gary's trucks. His dad was calling his shop because they they have a motorcycle shop in Burley, Idaho, and calling all the people and said, "Hey, we got another motor. We're bringing this bike." And they went back and i think they got back at i don't know 12 one o'clock in the morning from there and <laughs> he had a new bike and and when i talked to him he's like you know dude honestly he's like it sucks that it happened but he goes dude i'm really glad it happened to the, you know on saturday because if that thing would have gone another 100 yards and he'd have finished he'd have started that pro race he said and i don't know how far i would have gotten before it blew up so yeah exactly start started with a bike that was you know right on the edge of blowing anyway yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's never a good thing. No, so I mean, I guess, I guess, in a way, you could say the lucky stars were kind of with them. I guess if you want to say that, but I, I um, mean, if he if he was you know twenty yards from the line, that'd probably be preferable. But yeah, it's as far as timing wise, best time to do it. Yeah, and I mean, he ended up winning. Uh, the start was close. Him and him and Tyler Lynn were were you know, nose to tail at some point, Tyler actually got by him. Um, and then chance got back by, but, um, they, they had a pretty good battle and then you, you had, it was, I'm sure not for some of the other guys, but you know, you didn't see a whole lot of, of Dante and Austin Walton and, uh, and, and Cole Martinez, like up in the front early, they were all back, you know, six, seven, eight. And, you know, you had Hymas and Tyler and then, uh, Dare Jim from beta. Uh, uh, who else was there? Ryan Surratt. He's filling in for Preston Campbell over at JCR and he looked good. And, and Trevor Stewart was running fifth for, for a while. And, you know, it was kind of cool to see different people, uh, shakes up the points a little bit, makes things tighter. 
and yeah, it keeps, keeps the series interesting as a whole and but you know allows every you know it, like you said just makes the the racing interesting because you're going oh hey you know in theory these the guys that are at the back should be moving up through when, and if they're not then it's going okay you know the, the, everybody else is either having a good day or they did their homework over that summer break yeah exactly and you know dante eventually worked his way up into fourth uh austin in fifth and cole in sixth and uh i can tell you that uh dante passed austin like right before the finish they they finished a second apart and you could visibly see that austin was uh not very happy about that when he came through the finish shoot uh i mean i mean outside of chance i mean you, you expect chance time is to be to be that good and and mm-hmm. you know we we saw that uh, what I was really impressed with was well, actually two guys. I was re- really impressed with uh, with Dare Demartil. Um, yes, good redemption for him because he had a good run going last year, and the bike had a mechanical. He was running third and probably would have ended up third, and then the bike had a mechanical, and that was the end of his day. But um, I don't know if I've ever seen him ride as good as he rode on Sunday at Preston nice. for NGPC, but and. You know he's having a good time because his pit was across the other side for me, and every time he went by me, it was like woo, and he was some kind of screaming. So he was having a good time, and and good for him. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's had a rough first half of the year, and so it's good good to see him, you know, uh, beta figuring out their their program and making sure, that, you know, working out all the the gremlins and all the little uh, nuances with with that bike, and then dare put it all together. Yeah, you know, and and he's got. Jason on his on his wrenches for him and Jason's Jason's oh, a good yeah. dude and yeah. and so forth and and you know Ryan Surratt he ended up seventh uh I the only thing I could think of because he rode really good um he rode really good on Saturday in the double a race uh, yeah. I the only thing I could think of on um on Sunday was just fitness um, yeah, and I I think he made a post on it, uh, you know, a week after the race or something like that. It's pretty much saying that fitness wasn't where it needed to be, and he was going to be putting in some, uh, you know, some some long motos at uh, Glen Helen on Thursday Thursday afternoons. Yeah, because I mean he was running pretty much fourth. He ended up in third by lap five, and then you know back to fourth, and then he went from lap six to lap seven. He went to seventh. So. Yeah, like you said, he posted it. It's just something. But he looks really good. Trevor Stewart, same. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trevor Stewart, he ended up not fishing, finishing at all. He had, I think, a crash in the moto section, and that ended his day towards the end of the end of the race. But, um, you know, he was, he was good, too. He was running fifth pretty much the whole time, and he wasn't that far off of fourth and third. So it was good to see Trevor, you know, kind of back towards the front where, you know, he, he, he belongs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where he belongs, where we kind of kind of expect expect him to be uh, finishing. Yeah, and uh, uh, Clay Hengeveld, Clay was back, man, and it's yeah, it's so. I mean, it's so good to see that that kid back. I mean, um, you know, he hasn't really been a hundred percent over the last couple years, and he he's a hundred percent now. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I I don't think. I don't think he had the run he wanted to have. I mean, he was 22nd overall, and I think he was like 14th in the pro class. But, mm-hmm. hey, look, man, 
don't don't get discouraged, Clay, dude. You're you're better than that. We all know you are. You haven't been racing at this level in a long time, and you're 100. percent So use the rest yeah, of the, the year to get yourself the, on track. Yeah, the, those guys are going fast, so trying to step in, you know, essentially off off the couch. That's a that's a tall order for anybody. Yeah, yeah, and and you know he'll he'll get there. I I got no questions about that. So it was and it was good to see him back, man. It's it's good for off road and. And it's good for all the series that he's running. Yeah. Uh, Cole, yeah, Cole Martinez. I, you know, I don't know. I, I talked to Mark a little bit after, um, and he was just like he just didn't get a good start, and which he didn't. And that course, I think, was a little tough to pass on. Um, so, but he, I mean, he ended up making his way, you know, up up to sixth. But you know, it wasn't. I think what most people expected, you know, after coming off Loretta's and those wins and, you know, he was, he's been battling uh, Dante, you know, most right. of the year, pretty, pretty hard, pretty close. So, um, yeah, I mean, but it happens, right. I mean, yeah, but even, yeah, yeah. Even with him having quote unquote an off race, he was three seconds off of Dante at the finish. So they, you know, they, like you said, this, the track was maybe a little bit hard to pass on. And if all three, you know, Dante Austin and Cole all got held up at the start and kind of were back in the pack, you know, they, they all came through together and had the speed to match each other. And then, you know, finished within three seconds of each other. It's not, you know, it wasn't like he had a bad day. and was just off the pace. He just, no, he was, he was three seconds off of fourth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he, he pulled it back in. And like I said, that, that, that course seemed to be a little bit hard to, to pass on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's, so, I mean, it was good to see different people up front. You know, like I said, excited for Dare. It's best I've seen him ride since he's joined the off-road side. So I think he's finally starting to get it. And it was cool to see Clay back and, and so forth. So uh, and then the Pro 250 class, uh, not, not a surprise. Yeah, I don't big think fan, anybody, big fan of this class. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised, but um, you know, Dante or not Dante, Mateo. Mateo did his thing. He he did Mateo, and he got out front early, and you know, he just stayed out there, and uh, he didn't actually have he didn't actually have as big a lead as as he's had, you know, over the rounds for the year. Uh, Kaya Yellow was absolutely keeping him honest. And, yeah. and, you know, within a couple seconds, every lap. Yeah. And then, you know, something rare on the, on the KTM side, right. And, you know, for the most part, most side, uh, Dante had a mechanical and he, he came back pushing his bike in and they, you know, I watched him from, from my side and they, they looked at a few things and then just decided they couldn't fix it. And, you know, that put, that puts your guy Kai in the lead. Um, yeah. And look, you know, he was like I said, he was keeping he was keeping Mateo honest anyway, and that's what you got to do. And he took advantage of you know what went down with with Mateo, and and he started pushing, and you know things things were really really good for him in in that race, and and he he kept it uh, he kept it pretty clean. Um, yeah. And then uh, this gets me to the second place guy, 
Also, the second guy I was impressed with, there being the first, and your guy, uh, mm-hmm. Colton Eck. Um, Colton, Colton didn't get a good start, uh, and I actually, I actually talked to him uh, <laughs> earlier this week, and he's like, "Well, look, first lap, I, I crashed in the moto mm-hmm. section, and mm-hmm. and he was way back, uh, but." He's a no, I mean, he's a contender, man. He's a top guy and he's a favorite. And he was, what impressed me about him is he was really the only one I saw that really moved up on a course that was hard to pass on from that far back into second. And he didn't finish too far off of, uh, you know, what was it? 14 seconds off of Kai. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, as he said, he, he told me he fell uh, early on there, right on the first lap, and then later in the race, um, he was getting ready to try and put a charge on those last two laps, and then ended up making a mistake, uh, taking a little bit different line around a lapper, and just washed the front end, and so that kind of took the steam out of him, and just made it made it a little bit bigger gap than what he could close down. But yeah, yeah. He's, he said he was feeling real good, and um, he was happy with how he rode. You know, always. Always uh, would like to be on the, the top step of the podium, but he's he's real happy with how he rode, uh, given given the track and that bad, uh, you know, the bad start there. Yeah, and then uh, rounding out the podium, we had we had Evan Stice back uh, again, Idaho kid, kind of a home race. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did some, he's done some off road with us before. And well, he was uh, a, a class uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and pretty pretty much swept all of them. I think think he won all of them. Um, uh, he but... didn't he didn't win this one last year. Oh, okay. Uh, and the only reason I know that, to be honest with you, is because my my team guy that we help out in Ohio that does GNCC, we brought him out, and he's a mud guy, and it just worked no, out for him. But you brought in your ringer, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, my my GNCC mud ringer, but. Uh, yeah, and Stice has decided, I guess, uh, from what I remember Mark telling me, he's, he's trying to do motocross on Loretta, so he's been doing that this year, but this one's close, and mm-hmm. and he ran a good race. I mean, he was he was fifth in the early laps and, and moved his way into third, and, um, you know, that that rounded out the podium. You had uh, you had Jack Simpson fourth. Uh, Cole Zeller has actually moved to a 250 uh, for I, the I – yeah, I was really impressed with Cole, um, you know, making that the jump back down to the 250. Um, you know, the, it seemed like he kind of struggled with the 450 in the pro class there, and then jumping back down to the 250, I was really impressed with how well he was running, especially early on. And, I mean, he he went from third to fourth on the, from, uh, on the second lap and then pretty much stayed there until they pitted dropped one more spot and then sat there, but was running good solid lap times the whole way through. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he looked good. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's probably the best I've seen him all year, you know, including the 450 spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was impressive. I mean, he, he was fifth. Uh, Ottersburg was sixth. Uh, Robbie shot seventh. Thomas Dunn eighth. Uh, Otto Pearson came out um, of the desert to do one and, and finish up <laughs> yeah. ninth. And then uh, Corbin McPherson, your national hair now pro 250 champion came out and he, he finished 10th and, um, but Hey, the big deal in that pro 250 class that weekend was Kaya yellow. 
Pi got his very first um, NGPC win. I I don't know. You could probably answer this better than me, but it might have been even his first off-road win. Yes. Uh, so, so stoked for that kid. Um, yeah. he, he works hard, man. And, you know, he's got his mom, he's got his mom as his wrench and she's as good as anybody else out there that's wrenching for bikes. And he was, he was pretty stoked. You could visibly see it when it came to the end. Oh yeah. And it is, it was kind of funny because going into that weekend, they, you know, him and his mom, they were kind of focusing more on ISDE, which they were leaving. They were flying out of Salt Lake from the race, going straight over to France. So they, they were kind of, you know, dealing with all that and a little bit preoccupied to, I'd say, from what their normal program is for NGPC and, you know, all the normal races. And so it was, it's kind of interesting that that's, you know, the weekend that he gets the win is when they're not completely 100% focused on this, they've got a whole, you know, another adventure that they've been planning on for the last couple months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because they all flew out uh, Monday out of Salt Lake, which is only about an hour and a half from where the track is. But, um, and then, hey, pro women. Um, we didn't see Brandy. Brandy decided to go to France a little bit early, I think. So we had uh, your writer again, Ava Silvestri. Uh, uh, Tara Geiger showed up for JCR Honda and Lauren Woods, another one of your writers, and uh, Rachel Stout came out of the desert too. Um, to give this a try. I mean, we had we had a few desert people show up. I know Axel Pearson was there as well, and um, pretty good battle between Tara and uh, Ava for the yeah, most another, most of that race. Another great battle there. You know, they they kind of slugged it out out in uh, Prim for uh, pretty much the entire race out there, and Ava ended up uh, edging Tara right at the end. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to to watch that battle. It, lap time wise just every every time they come around a little bit closer same gap and uh you know ava finally made the pass there at uh, lap seven and uh, just kind of kind of stretched it out not sure if uh tara got uh tired or had a little tip over but uh she had yeah. she had a crash um oh, okay i know she posted it and actually she was i was at the finish line there with with them and tara was showing her stomach and she had a big scratch across the <laughs> stomach and her belly button area so yeah she said she went down but um but again it's it's you know same position as kai ayala was in right? i mean ava was right there and she's yeah. you know pressure and something happens and you take advantage of it and not not that ava doesn't you know who knows even if tara doesn't crash but uh yeah it worked out it worked out good Works out yeah. good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to complain about uh, the team doing well, you, even if I wasn't there. Um, I I think it was the fact that John wasn't there that everybody did well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, it, it was a, a really good weekend for the team. Um, yeah, a- Ava rode really good. Uh, Lauren rode good. Kai rode spectacular. Same with Colton. And uh, yeah, the, the actually the. The 450 boys, uh, Giacomo and Justin, ended up having a battle for a couple laps. So that was that was fun to watch on the times. And then the fact that they had to sit in a truck for uh, 14 hours on the way home made it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, overall, it was a good weekend. And let me tell you, I mean, Gary and Courtney, bro, they they put on solid events, man. They're, they're extremely organized. He knows exactly what he wants to do and how he's going to do it. And 
so it always works out it works out good when when we're doing stuff with him which we do at Preston and then now Delta we added this year so it's mm-hmm. been good yeah yeah Delta was another awesome track um you know and like you said same owners same organizers everything runs super smooth it's very organized you know fantastic addition to the series yeah yeah all right. Well, hey, let's uh, so let's talk about some upcoming stuff. So we've got um, so we were NGPC was just at Preston. Uh, you've got works coming up to Preston uh, mm-hmm. this this weekend with uh, side by sides and quads, and then next weekend with uh, dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't imagine that that course will be a whole lot different than what it was a couple of weeks ago, but I I could be wrong. I'm I'm, I'm wrong sometimes. Wow uh then you've got you've got uh national hair now uh panaka nevada mm-hmm. this weekend uh they're off the summer break so this is their first race back so i'm sure those guys are are itching to get back adult and shirey and joe Watson and um zane roberts uh, carter klein you, know, you got the, uh, cool. the super you got the super mini riders that are super excited to go sleep in the car on the way there oh yeah what's that guy's name again oh yeah jason uh, harris snooze. Snooze. yeah his real name is Jason Harris, but we call him Snooze because he sleeps a lot. Um, but yeah, and, he, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I uh, say so yeah. All, all the all the pros, pro two fifties. Um, you know the the pro two fifty class out there has been really fun to watch. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Carter Klein. Um, kind of a bummer. Uh, you know, Gershner's not, not going to be out there, but you got. Uh, uh, Clayton Roberts, um, the the defending champion. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's yeah, Corbin, yeah, Corbin McPherson. Um, hey, and my my guy Jack Anderson is going to be out there as well. Uh, he's going to have a good weekend. I got a good feeling. So um, he's he's getting closer. First year in the pros, and he's he's done pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, well, what after we got after that? We got uh, so Naha Panaka this weekend. Then you've got uh, NGPC again at Ridgecrest on October 1st and 2nd. And then after that, on October 15th, uh, we've got the Western Hair Scramble, Boise. And, uh, and I think uh, the 24 hours that weekend or the weekend after? Uh, I week, do, week after. I think it's the weekend after. It's usually like the 24th or something like that. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of good stuff coming up. For sure, um, and we'll talk some more about that after uh, after our special guest tonight. We got uh, Carter Gardner from uh, Beta uh, Factory Beta. He's the off road manager, and then we'll cover a lot of this other stuff too in our off road ramblings. Which, again, I will just remind you that off road ramblings is just stuff that Nick and I hear around the pits. Nothing is necessarily confirmed or perfectly accurate, but it's stuff that we hear and we share it with you guys. So we'll we'll get to we'll get to Carlin here in I don't know another fifteen minutes or so, but um, let's talk uh, let's talk a little bit about ISD, Nick. Yeah, it's one of, one of my my passions after doing it, and you know, it's uh, every year I thoroughly enjoy watching it and you know, seeing seeing what the new obstacles the uh, the sick minds putting it on uh, have for the riders and. Um, Seeing, seeing the, the general carnage is always a good time. Yeah. Um, look, we had a lot of, we had actually a lot of local club guys, I think, West Coast guys anyway, 
mm-hmm. going going this year. And then uh, we had some in the, you know, obviously the pro women's team. We had we had Brandy from the West Coast, and then you had Corey Steed and uh, Rachel Gudish from GNCC in the East Coast. Then what junior trophies we had uh, Mateo uh, Mateo Olivero, Austin Walton, and Cody Barnes. Yep. Uh, Mateo and and Austin are obviously West Coast guys, and Cody Barnes from GNCC. So. Uh, that was good, and then junior or world trophy, uh, Caleb Russell, Josh Toth, uh, Lane Michaels, and Dante Oliveira. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, I do know it, this. This was not the year for us. Um, it, it, was looking, wise. it was looking pretty decent for a uh, you know a podium finish there, and then there was a couple couple penalties, couple. Uh, couple tip overs and kind of just took us out of contention but you know the the first three days it was looking we were we were within you know 20 30 seconds of second place as, uh, on a team level yeah on the world trophy team right and yes you know unfortunately day one for the junior trophy team cody barnes had some mechanical issues that he couldn't resolve and timed out and yeah. You know, it's unfortunate if you don't if you don't know the junior trophy team has three riders and they take all three scores. So the minute you have one guy go out, you're you're yeah. out. You're you're done. It's you know, the other two guys are are racing for, you know, individual and overalls and and Austin Austin and Mateo did really good. Austin had a really good year. Um this year at ISDE and so did Mateo. I know Mateo probably didn't like where he finished, but Hey, for racing the best guys in the world uh, and finishing where he finished at, on his first year, that's pretty impressive. And then yeah, they, we'll, go for it. no, I was going to say, you know, unfortunately we had the same problem with the world trophy or women's world trophy team. Um, Brandy was, back at it she was absolutely crushing it i thought three days in she hadn't lost the test again from last year she won them all and i think the women were up by i don't know 11 or 14 minutes at that point and then i think it was day four um she had a crash and she had some i think she hit her head pretty good from the video i saw and she had some issues and unfortunately she had to withdraw and again women's women's world trophy up until this year they would take two of the three best scores and this year they changed it and they were taking all three so once brandy was out uh then that was the end of it for them as well so yeah. but uh really impressed really impressed with Corey steed Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel, Rachel Goodish did exactly what she's always done and she was solid. And, you know, Corey Steed is one of the top women. I actually, I think she's, uh, she's not Taylor Jones's leading women's, but she's in second at GNCC and she had a really good first year too, for her being there for the first time. Yeah, no, all the, all the women rode awesome. It was, it was very, it was a lot of fun to watch, um, you know, especially the, the back and forth on each test, you know, you could tell where, which tests certain riders were, um, had their strong points versus others, um, was trying to find, uh, you know, some of the, uh, um, the Strava maps from the guys walking it, you know, know, which tests were tight, which tests were a little bit more open and see who, who had, you know, what, what each 
riders' strengths were. And, uh, yeah, it was very interesting to, to watch the, the women's team and how they kind of um, moved around the, the top standings there. Yeah, and then, you know, the World Trophy team, you know, Caleb Russell was solid, which, to be honest, was, you know, pretty impressive because he's got knee issues. And I don't even, I don't know if you saw his video. I don't even remember what day it was, but it was within the first three days. I think he's in one of the hotel rooms with the team doctor, and they're draining blood out of his knee. And he's it was very painful. And then he had a really bad crash, I think, on day five, right before the finish. Yeah, which la- last, didn't help him. last, yeah, last test of of uh, his ISD career on the the trophy team, according to him. Yeah, and um, yeah, w- within what two hundred feet of the finish? Um, oh, I don't even. Uh, yeah, I don't even know it, if it was that far. <laughs> it, yeah, it was within the same shot, and uh, yeah, it just takes and swaps out and. Um, as he's going into a corner, very, very odd crash. Um, but yeah, just real bummer for him. Um, and I mean, he still had a really good placement overall. Uh, it was 15th overall, even after having that, that day, which he probably lost a minute and a half, um, just in that one crash alone. And then all the other knee issues and stuff, but, uh, yeah, Doc, Doc McGee over there is fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still impressive. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't know if you could say he's retired. He's like semi-retired, but he still, he still goes fast and he was solid. Uh, Josh Toth was, yeah, I mean, he was, he was consistent. I don't know if he rode as good as he wanted. I don't think he rode as good as I thought he would. Uh, Lane Michaels, I was impressed with him first ISDE. And I don't know that he was really a hundred percent healthy either. And uh, Dante was on fire. And then he had some kind of bike issues towards the end, and I think had to kind of just limp it, limp it around to get it finished, so he could get the finish. But D two on uh, day five and point, but other fantastic test times. He was you know right there with uh, Garcia. Just a, I think on. The beginning of day four, I think I saw he was 30 seconds off of uh, Garcia's time and second or third uh, overall on an individual time level. So yeah. he's ride, riding fantastic. Um, but at the end of the event, he still got beat by his brother. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think between the two of them, that's a pretty big deal. That's, but, yeah. you know, look, I've, you know, unfortunately it wasn't, it wasn't our year for – USA and, and stuff happens and you know look at the end of the day I'm glad you know Brandy's okay and and you know we we made it through it's unfortunate for Cody Barnes I mean you never want to have you never want to have a mechanical and not be able to finish the thing but I certainly me personally I wouldn't want it to happen on the first day after the first test the very first one so uh it's a it's unfortunate but you know look we we go again next year and I think they're going to Argentina is what I saw and, and we'll see. Uh, I will, I will say this, Nick, I don't want to spend a bunch of time. I mean, we can just put, I'll push it out there and we can talk about it the next time, but I, I would definitely like to see some kind of a change in how the world trophy team is picked. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see other guys have a chance and, and other brands and, 
and you know hopefully hopefully somewhere down the road that can change but yeah it'd be it'd be real nice if it was kind of a qualifier um setup similar to what we do for the club teams um you know just run everybody all together and hey the top four top four that qualified in get that that position um or you know the the top uh june you know the top four or was it three under I think it's 23 or 24. 24. Uh, get, get the Junior World Trophy, the top four that are over 23, get the World Trophy, and then everybody else below that is the uh, the club teams. Um, but, you know. Yeah. That's how I, mean, it, I think for me, yeah, I think for me, I think the simple way, what I like to see, because you look, there's four World Trophies, there's three Junior Trophies, and there's three Women's Trophy. So you've got 10 riders in those three classes. Only two bikes were not from the same manufacturer, so to speak, KTM, Husky, Gas, Gas. When you have the best bike, why would you take anything else? Come on. We all know the Yamaha is the best bike on the planet. So I just would like to see other guys get some chances. I know there's some guys on the West Coast that you know are really good that just don't get, I don't think, an opportunity because they're not riding – you know, a, an orange, a white, or a red one, but <laughs> a shade, a shade of red. Yeah, a shade, a different shade of red. But uh, you know, hey, that's that's just me. I, I'd like to see some changes in it. Hope, hopefully, that can happen. And don't get me wrong, I'm not upset with anybody that went. I mean, we had good guys that went, and we just had bad luck. And you know, Auntie does a great job of running that whole thing for you know, team USA and, and, you know, it's good. I'm not complaining. I just like to see some changes anyway. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, kind of same thing with, uh, you know, uh, motocross nations. It's, it's a little bit of a uh, favoritism towards the team riders, um, which some years that's okay. They are the top riders and that is what it is. But other years it's like, Hey, you, you're starting to pull off the injured list. You're starting to pull off guys that are technically retired it, it kind of, you know, it's yeah, it's a little, little bit too much favoritism for for my liking. But currently, that's, I, that's the setup we got. Um, yeah, you know, look, there's, there, there's, I think there's a guy that we could talk to about that that uh, might might have uh, something to say or some ideas about us now that he's not uh, in the position that he was. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a that's a story for another day and an unfortunate thing, but. Yeah, I mean, look, and we, you know, we, it's not like we had a ton of choices this year. You know, we, had, there's a lot of guys that are hurt. You know, I mean, Ben okay. Kelly, Stuart Baylor, um, Taylor Robert, you know, it, it's just, it's been a kind of a weird year on the East. So, like I said, I didn't want to spend a bunch of time on that because we, we got Carlin coming up here and yeah, we got, and, we got a guest to talk to. Yeah, man. We got somebody cool to talk to, actually. Yes. So, you know, let's, um, Let's uh, let's send it out to him, and we'll wait for him to come on, and and then we'll we'll get after it. But um, so we're just yeah, we'll just wait for him. Should shouldn't take him too long, but yeah, I mean you know a little bit more ISD, but hey, again it's it's our Olympics, and you know it just wasn't our year, and, mm-hmm. and you know it's un- it's unfortunate, but. I'm sure you're excited. You, you you like to go. You've been, but you must be excited. You didn't spend uh, twenty grand or so to go. 
Oh yeah, no, always excited to watch from home. Um, but you know, the our club team, uh, the XC Gear uh, club team, did uh, they ended up second for uh, club classification um, with uh, Kaiello. Oh, who else was on that team? Um, oh yeah, uh, the Husky kid. Yeah, I forget what his name is. But hey, enough enough of that stuff, Nick, because uh, we are now joined by uh, Factory Beta's off-road manager, Carlin Gardner. What's up, Carlin? How we doing? Uh, not too bad. Thanks, thanks for saving me. I've been stuck with Nick Stover for 48 and a half minutes, so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Which is far better than the situation I was in. <laughs> uh, how's your day going, man? Happy Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it's been going good. Um just just got a lot of stuff going on and trying to try to get in early and get out of the shop before it's 110 but it's still 100 right now so it really doesn't even matter yeah pretty yeah. pretty much every everything over 100 you just sweat a little bit more yeah, yeah I, it has not been fun no i mean you got air in the shop right come on a swamp cooler oh that's good though you need to get some of those. What do they call those? Those oh, those big ass fans. Those really big ones. If the riders train in the heat, we got to train in the heat. <laughs> oh, look at that, man! Tough boss, tough boss. Hey, well, let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about you a little bit, man. Um, we we got a lot of questions. We 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 expect you to answer every single one. <laughs> don't don't dodge any, um, even if they're a little dodgy on the questions anyway, but. So let's talk about you actually personally a little bit. So I guess my question is how does, how does a supercross motocross guy end up in a factory OEM off-road team manager? Like how, how does that work? How did that happen? Uh, contacts or contracts. <laughs> no i mean so when when i was racing i mean i was put in a position to where i had to create my own team to survive um and by doing that you learn you learn kind of the ins and outs of the management side and and the importance of uh of networking and and getting to know people and never knowing who you meet at any given time um and so the the team went really well with Brian White and I. I mean, for for what we had and the resources we had and the people who were behind us, and it led us to me especially. It led it led us to some great people. Um, and like I said, you just you never know who you get put in front of. You never know the conversations you have and who someone tells. And and uh, I just had a good I had a good resume with with uh, with how I built the BWR team with Brian. Um, and then we had results to back it with for a privateer team. And I've known my boss, Tim Pilge. Uh, he had a, he had a, uh, a Yamaha dealership. Well, it was a big, it was just a big dealership when I was a kid, when I was on fifties and 65s, he had a big dealership in the area. And so we've known of each other forever. Um, and when I turned pro, you know, he would always kind of reach out and just, you know, say good job and stay in touch. And then when beta introduced their, uh, 300RX model back in 2020. It was a 2020, 2021 model, but my brother and I got to do the pre-production testing for it because um, we were the local pros at the time that were capable of riding the bike to its ability, and so that created a good created a good uh, relationship there, and that got a foot in the door and in my face in front of Tim over and over and over again to keep having good conversations, and 
the ball rolled from there to get me kind of in the conversation to where we are now. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, good for you. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's something to say for being in the right place at the right time and, and having, you know, the relationships that you have and the connections you have. Yeah, no, I mean, it works out. I mean, my dad, my dad is electrical contractor in the area and we don't have a too big of area. So it helped a ton with him knowing a ton of people that helped us out. And he's known Tim for 25 years and we've had a good relationship for them. And like I said, you just, you kind of never know when, when the right time is, um, you got to be, be in the right place in the right time. And it just so happened right when I broke my wrist in 2021, uh, during the supercross season that there was a need for a position to be filled at, at beta right there. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a bit of a blessing to kind of fill that spot right at that timeline, honestly. Yeah. I mean, ha- has it been, has it been as you expected or better than you expected? Uh, I never like to set expectations really. Um, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. It's definitely, I mean, when you go from focusing on one series, uh, supercross and all you know is supercross and motocross to going into nine racers and 80 events a year in two different divisions in the United States, it's, it's a bit of a change, but the main part is, is just organization. If you, if you could be organized and think far enough ahead, it's the same, it's the same process for any, any discipline in the sport. Um, the hardest part was just kind of getting to learn the different people in the different side the off-road side, um, and learning the different strategies of each series and, kind of how to help, you know, the riders with bikes set up and starting to learn, starting to ride a little bit more off-road and uh, learning all that stuff. That was the hardest part. But as far as the overall management part, it was just on a bigger scale and it just took a lot more thinking ahead. Oh, that, well, that's good, man. I mean, hey, it, you know, you're, you're doing a good job from, from my side of things and, and, and it's, good that you're, it's good that you're around and, uh, and helping this thing grow. Now, now, are you are we going to be seeing you out at some of these off road races? Because there's already a couple managers doing some, you know, some of the pro race, the vet pro racing. So we we could use a bigger bigger manager class. I I tried to do the uh, the qualifying race on and in Taft, and I got spanked. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how Carlin? How old are you? Are you thirty yet? I'm twenty four. Oh, so, man. Yeah, yeah, not not good for you, Nick. Then we, 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 I'm trying to grow the class, man. <laughs> we get we get you another six years. We get you in the vet pro class. Yeah, then, I do. I do a little bit of lo- lo- local motocross stuff every now and then. I can survive five laps. <laughs> hey, well, I I learned. Some, you know, I did some research today. I learned something pretty cool, and I don't think Stover knows this, but. Um, You've got a Loretta Lynn's title. Yeah, two-stroke national or two-stroke open. Awesome. Yeah, 2014, baby. It probably also doesn't say that I got 16th in school by one that same year. I didn't. I didn't look up that part. I did yeah, look up some stuff. It did yeah, say you had a title. That's not an important stat. You don't need to know that. One. <laughs> no, that was that was that was pretty fun. Um, I ended up. That was just my secondary class. I was focusing on school by one. And uh, that was just my secondary class to go have a second, you know, second class at Loretta's. But we ended up buying a 2B2 stroke from a, a bunny of mine, 
two or three weeks before Loretta's sat at 125 and I was just like, I, I'm going to go get spanked. Like why even show up? <laughs> and uh, so we bought this used 252 shook. I got to ride it maybe twice before we went out there and I just was going to ride and I had zero expectations. Like I thought I was going to get smoked. It was going to be a bigger class. And first moto, I got a horrible start and I came from like 20th to third. And I was like, well, shoot, <laughs> I guess we're, we're going to come for it. So then I won the second moto and I think I got second, the, the last moto, but, it was a bit light in that year, um, but it like I said, I got 16th in school by one. That was definitely the class to focus on. So on paper, it looks cool. <laughs> eh, hey man, and, and light or not, that's not your fault. Nobody else showed up and title, entered. Title and, the title. and you and you you went one, two, and three. So you can't you you can't not be good to do that. So congratulations, man. Good for you. Thank you. So let's talk about the off road team a little bit here. Um, now you're running, you're running both West and East Coast, right? Correct. And so on on the West Coast, you've got uh, you've got Joe Watson. He's racing National Hare and Hounds, and is he doing BIT to the best in the desert full time this year? Yep. Okay, and then you've got Zane Roberts. Uh, he's also doing National Hare and Hounds and Western Hare Scrambles. Correct. And then you've got Dare Dumartil. Uh, he's doing NGPC and works, right? Yep. Okay. Um, so let's stay on the, we'll, we'll stay on the West coast for a little bit and then we'll get to your East coast guys. Um, dare. We, we just got done talking to him before you came on or about him before you came on. Um, he had a good run to Preston. Yeah. Dare. Uh, he, he's just, he's a guy that rolls off confidence. Um, I, I know I, I've seen his ability his entire career. We grew up racing together in amateurs. Um, and he, he was kind of in the same boat I was, I guess you could say. We never never had a ton of support. Never, I would say, had a full training program. But we rode when we could. And it was just the love of it. And he, uh, he, just, he just loves to ride a dirt bike like that. I mean, everyone can say that. But that guy rides all the time. <laughs> I cannot keep up with the hours on his motorcycles. So he's, he's someone who feeds off confidence and I generally don't prefer to like to, uh, let guys do off scheduled events, but it can help with guys sometimes even little wins or wins and it gains confidence. And, uh, he's done some off season races and he's done well and it's really boosted his confidence and, and comfort with the bike and confidence with the team. And it really showed, and I kind of had an expectation that he would have, he would have carried that over into that. Uh, that Idaho round. Well, even some of the on, the on season stuff, uh, you know, uh, works at Vegas. Um, he looked real good, and then uh, Cedar City, he looked really good. Um, so it, it, it's been coming for a while, even you know, before the summer break. So that, it's awesome to see him ride to his potential and you know, really uh, have a good showing for you guys. Yeah, it's it's been it's, he's been helping us a ton with the development of the motorcycle too. Um, you know, he rides he rides a motorcycle hard, and uh, it's a it's a challenge for us to to step up our game and get the bike capable to to keeping up with him. So it's elevated our game the same as um, you know us trying to push him to just focus on his riding and not try to blame equipment all the time. And I think that's such a big factor in in racing is just. You do everything you can. We'll do everything we can, and it'll it'll mesh together when it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that trust between rider and team, and yeah, once once it meshes, it, it everything seems to 
to work out real well for both parties. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I I think I mean he had he had a good year. He had a good race going to Preston last year. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, he had a mechanical and and he he didn't finish the race. But I got to think that he probably had that confidence on his side going hey I, I know i could do good here let's let's do it and he got it done this year i mean it's it's the best card i've seen him ride all year and, and it was it was fun to watch yeah i agree like i said it's just been it's been a mesh of us uh of us stepping up our game too um and doing everything we can to to do for him to do his job and and not uh not give him any excuses <laughs> well and and i, I i'm guessing it's a lot of work because because GPs weren't something that Beta was doing before, so it's kind of new for you guys and trying to figure stuff out and stuff. So, so it's it's been a little bit of work, I'm sure. Yeah, we knew we were going to be in for it. Um, you know, I had I had a talk with with my boss when I first joined, and and yeah, they they haven't been in the works in 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 uh, Big Six for yeah, what shoot four or five years or something, maybe a little less than that. But I mean, we we're in the Pro Two with with Chance a little bit before I joined. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's tough to be competitive. Um, and, and like I said, it, it just, it's a, it, or like Nick said, it's the mesh of, of that rider and the team. And luckily I had a good enough relationship to, with dare to kind of be like, okay, here's our plan. It's going to be, it's going to be development for us. You know, you got to be on board with us, but when we get it, it's going to be a pretty cool, pretty cool deal here. And, and hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a start of a, of a good run for a couple of years. Yeah. And he, he's, he's close. I mean, he's he's close to getting the win. That, that that and that just shows you know how much work you guys have really done. Yeah, hopefully, I'm, <laughs> I want it bad. I, you know, he uh, does too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. And and look, I mean, him and him and Jason together is 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 good. Jason's Jason's a great dude and a great mechanic. So um, I'm sure they'll they'll get there. It's only a matter of time, and not not yeah, too much. Uh, you got you got Joe Washington. Joe Watson, uh, he's a defending national champion in the Heron Hounds, and Zane Roberts on on the West Coast in Heron Hounds. And how how's the year been going for them? Uh, Joe and Zane, they've been uh, they've been doing their job again. We've had some um, some unfortunate DNFs um, that have that have really kicked us in the butt. Some freak accidents that you know you we try to avoid now, but they've been doing their job on their end. Um, Dalton, Dalton and Taylor, uh, especially Taylor, he was super strong in the beginning and he, he ended up getting hurt real bad. And, um, I'm not close with him. I don't know him, but I, I know that that was, that was a pretty scary injury. So I'm not sure how he's doing, but then Dalton's gnarly, that kid, he hangs it out. Um, so the, the best thing we can do is just, again, the same thing as dare is just, we keep trying and we keep putting pieces of the puzzle and they keep doing what their job is meant to do. And we stay as close as we can, and we hope some things fall into place. And we've been right there, second and third every single time. Um, and then Joe won the last round, um, and that gave us that gave us a good boost of confidence to come in with to the summer break and coming into this weekend in uh, Panaka. I'm hoping we can kind of carry that confidence, and Joe can get a couple wins because we need we need to basically win every other round from here on out to try to get the title. Yeah, and I mean Joe, Joe and Zane are they're good at Panaka, um, mm-hmm. so. So that'll that'll be that'll be a good race for them to come off of summer break on to get back at it for sure. And and they rode real well, best of the desert at the uh, Vegas Reno. Um, good strong ride the whole way through. Uh, it, it 
was nice to see them team up this year instead of going, you know, against each other and uh, both kind of run, run into that, you know, six hour mark and then starting to run out of steam. Yeah, that was, that was the idea. Um, again, we knew, we knew Skyler and Dalton, they're going to be gnarly. Um, those guys, those guys hang it out and they're, they're, they got some good equipment and good help. And um, that was the exact plan was to team up and keep the intensity high. Um, if we, if we lost, you know, 1%, we were going to lose time. And so they, luckily those guys were on board because it was up to them. It was really Joe's race. Um, Joe is the one scheduled for the best in the desert series and it's his race. And uh, when we talked about it, we had you know, over a few months, we chatted about having Zane come on board and, but it was, it was up to Joe and he finally said, yeah, like, let's just do a small stint. Zane didn't do a ton of riding. He probably only rode 170 miles or so, but that matters. Um, oh, yeah. just that enough time to get Mm-hmm. exactly that little rest that little rehydration that little mental reset kept the pace high and we stayed in it all day and and what happened at the end because i remember i watched all that and i remember when the when the results came out it was joe and zane in second and then when i went looked at it again they were third and dalton was second <laughs> i i I don't, I mean, I, I know, I know running races is hard. I, you know, I don't want to like call out best in the desert because they have so many things. They have so many moving parts. Um, but there, there was something about there's two different, there's two different scoring systems between best in the desert and racing tracks. And one starts and stops at a certain time. And another one starts and stops at a certain time. And the one showed on racing tracks was not the corrected time. That's the information I got. Mm. Now, I, beyond that, I, like I said, I know there's a, it's hard. And, but I think that's something they can work on as a series is maybe cleaning that up a bit. Cause yeah, that was, I mean, on, they did the whole TV interview and everything saying we were in second and then it readjusts 24 hours later and we're in third and it's like, shoot. Um, well, you, got, you but, at least got the coverage of second then. Right, right. But, but, but by no means, I mean, by if you go off simple math of start time from first and start time to fourth and finish time from first, finish time to fourth, it was the correct math. I'm not dissing that at all. It's, it was just confusing on like how, yeah, the corrected time online was this and then the actual official time was this. And um, I'm not sure how it exactly worked. I, I talked with them a little, I had a few conversations with them just trying to figure some things out because I had sheets of paper in front of me that didn't make sense. Um, but just to simplify, I mean, we got beat. We got, I mean, Dalton beat us. Uh, if you go, it was a minute apart and Dalton started first. We started fourth. Uh, I think the gap was like two and a half minutes or, or maybe it was five minutes or something, five and a half minutes. And there was a four minute uh, takeaway and we finished a minute and a half behind Dalton. So it all made sense. Yeah, you just you just uh, you know it's, you don't like I don't like seeing it, <laughs> you know, because it 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 changes everything. You go from one thing to something else in twenty four hours, and well, yeah, I mean it change it changes. Yeah, like I said, it, yeah, exactly. It changes rider contingency. It changes uh, the publicity of our team. It changes. I mean, all that stuff. And I mean, not that it's like I said, the end of the world. That's I think there's some things that Best in the Desert can definitely do to fix that but other than that i mean it's it the event is held pretty wonderful the 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 stuff they had they dealt with they had floods literally all the way until the race started 
moving course around and having to start and stop the race and get around floods and like they had their hands tied so i don't i don't want to sit here and act like i'm talking crap about them because i'm not at all like that's a crazy race to run um yeah, yeah and, my, and my job is is worried about results and so when you get second or third it matters yeah and you're and you're not i mean it's it's your job right and you know they had they did you're right they had a lot of stuff going on they had a they had to stop at one point and then ferry themselves over to another starting point and yeah, course changes and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I think mean, if we want to say for fun though, I think we would have won if we wouldn't have had that stop. Yeah. What, what makes you think right. that? Well, I, I could be wrong, but I think I heard Skylar never changed tires, mm-hmm. which I think that extra 45 miles could have mattered. Um, yeah. Especially for reset, especially for resetting those guys, Iron Manning, that extra 45. I mean, that was an hour of a break. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's that's just, you know, like, like you said, Joe, Joe got an hour break and that was all he needed to kind of. Right. Stay so fresh. when you when you strategize to partner the race going against guys, you know, we're going to Iron Man it. You kind of factor in like exactly what you're saying. They lose that one percent. Well, they got that hour reset. Um I just like I just like to theorize. I'm and talk crap. I'll jump on that bandwagon. But but it would have been interesting. I think uh, knowing knowing the pit strategies with Skyler and then even Dalton, you know, it all it all adds up. I think it would have been fun to see. Um, but it is it is what it is for sure. And they beat us. Those Skyler came from shoot, what was it, eighth or ninth to first? I mean, he motored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was rolling. But it would have been interesting to see if we didn't have that. Uh, that stop to see because like I said we were close all day we were so close all day yeah it was, yeah it was real real fun watching the times um did you, did you get a chance to uh run out there and chase him or were you uh you watching from home like the rest of us no I was out there um nice. I was actually I was the rider uh transporter so I picked oh, up yeah. each rider at their swap and then I was at our main pit I was the real wheel guy <laughs> Nice man, like a t- you got the off road manager getting out there and getting his hands dirty. That's awesome. All right, let's uh, hey, so let's switch over to your east coast guys and and correct me, I might be I might be wrong on one or two of these, but you can fix that for me. You got uh, you got Jonathan Johnson, yep. he's he's running XC2, which for you west coast guys, that's basically the pro 250 class at GCC, mm-hmm. and then he's doing national enduros in the same XC2 class. Right. And then you've got Jason Lipscomb. He's uh, GNCC XC3, which is 125s, I think. Yep. And then he's running the National Enduros as well? No. No, he's just uh, signed for GNCC. Okay. Okay. And then you've got Evan Smith. So Evan Smith is your second XC2 guy at GNCC, and he ran full gas this year? Yeah, yeah, that wasn't uh, a uh, we call it factory scheduled event. That was an actual scheduled event. Um, he did that on his own time, uh, which ended up being a great asset to us, honestly. Because he he won the championship there this year, right? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So what? So you spend most of your time on the West Coast, right? I mean, I'm, yep. I'm I'm guessing you go to GNCCs. I mean, you have to. You're running the show, but. What's the difference between East and West in your mind? What's the biggest difference? Uh, 
every every side thinks they're smarter than the other. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what's what's so hard? I mean, about having different divisions and not having hands on all the time is is the disconnect. Um, you know, and you could have you could have a a plan in place and a strategy and and rulings, but if you're not there physically, it's a challenge to keep things rolling smoothly. Um, so when I joined, that was the, that was the goal was to just make sure everyone was on the same page um, and make sure, you know, we're all one team. We're not, you know, that's why I always hate calling it our East guys or our East coast guys, because it just makes them feel, or makes me feel like I'm separating them. You know, I, I, I like to, me and my boss definitely like to unify it and keep the camaraderie very tight. We want to feel everyone. It's a family environment. Uh, everyone's a part of the team. Everyone has the same job. There's no one above anyone else. And so that's the most challenging part is like when you want to, you want to have a plan or a call and you, you get talked to a rider and you say one thing and they're like, what do you know? You're from California, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, you know, it, it, GNCC is, is, is a different game. Um, but I, I have a very strong, uh, you know, commitment or not, I wouldn't say commitment, but dirt bikes or dirt bikes um race strategies race strategy and only thing you kind of have to change is bike setup per se and not everyone's gonna feel different about that but so gncc is just it's just a it's just a mental you know grueling survival match you know that that's that's a long race to stay mentally focused and physically focused for three hours difference between one hour and two hours is a hundred percent and two hours and three hours is a hundred percent. Like it's, it's a big, big gain. Um, so it's a challenge for me coming from supercross and motocross. I've done some of the work stuff. Um, I've done the two hours, but I haven't physically experienced a three hour and it's hard for me to translate information. And you know, if you don't believe in what you're saying, it's hard to, it's hard to explain it. And so it's hard to, you know, push information or what i would recommend at the two and a half hour mark a three hour mark at a gncc when i've never physically done it um i feel like that's what i struggle with as a manager a lot is is really being there for the rider and offering offering firsthand experience help um i think that that's a big challenge for me but we've been we've been building uh building up a lot um those guys have been awesome back there we i mean when i joined we got a all new crew, all new shop, all new riders. We started fresh and, and we're, we're so close to getting where we want to be. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting on our riders to get that confidence in them, in themselves and, and start getting the same thing. We talked about dare, you know, they feed out, you got to feed off the confidence and feed off the, off the, uh, the previous results. And, and we'll get there soon with those guys. Now, the, now, you, go for it. Chuck. No, go ahead, Nick. Uh, so where, where's you guys' shop located back there? It's um, it's in Carroll, Ohio, a little bit southern of Columbus. Okay. Now, do you do you have somebody back there, Carlin, that's like your right hand guy because you spend most of your time on the West Coast? Yeah, yeah. So I have Andy Brandon. He's my East Coast manager. Uh, I say East Coast all the time. It's East. They're not East Coast. Uh, my East manager. He he is really experienced he's got 20 years in the industry he uh he comes from arena cross uh he wrenched for kyle regal when he won his championship in arena cross um and so he's got experience with dirt bikes and strategy and he 
he's organized and and you know the GNCC side it's it's a lot it's a lot to uh take on with when you got a couple guys in that series and race strategies and preparation for the semi and he he is definitely a, a huge help um I could not do it without him um and he also is a full-time mechanic for for John Johnson so he's he's got a full plate as well all those guys bust their butt and like I said we're we're inching our way closer, uh, you know, 1% a week to, to get there. Um, and here, uh, hopefully at the end of the year, we're going to perfect what we're, what we're planning on and we can come out and, and finally do what we want to do uh, next year for 23. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think it shows, I mean, you and I talked about this last week, right? I mean, everybody knows what, what a beta motorcycle is. I'm just not so sure that a lot of people knew exactly what you guys did. And, and where you're at. And I think, I think people are starting to get that. They're starting to see that these bikes are, you know, around and they're racing and there's, there's good guys on them and they're winning races and championships. And that, that, that's good for business. It's good for, it's good for the brand. Yeah. It's exciting. It, it, uh, it makes me think of, of KTM 20 years ago, 25 years ago to where they are now. Um, you know, just, basing off their success and the bike sales and dealer, the amount of dealers and all this stuff, you know, and seeing what we have now. And I, I, I thrive to be a part of this company to, to take it to that level um, in our own way. Uh, we definitely, they're, they're competitors, but we definitely don't want to be KTM. We want to be our own, our own brand. And uh, we pride, their, pride ourselves on that. And there's, there's things certain, certain people don't know about beta, um, Maybe, you know, it, it's still a family-owned company. It's been one family that's owned it since 1905. And uh, it's, it's all our decisions. We don't have to uh, – we don't have to – I don't want to say not have to listen to anyone, right? We have our rules. But it, we get to make our, our schedule and our rules, and that helps us with the business side and the racing side. And, and my boss really tries to push me on that end of things. And we can be creative with how we want to. We don't have to follow anyone's path. Um, and that gives me the luxury to try to really make it unique. You know, we want it to be the family environment. We don't want to be that corporate cutthroat environment. Uh, we want, we want to keep the joy of dirt bikes and we want to keep the racing of dirt bikes enjoyable and not just seem like it's, you know, such a untouchable aspect of the sport. You know, I, I think some of the companies really kill that that little kid, you know, nowadays you go to a pit at a supercross or something and they're so, they're so standoffish. Um, and we don't want to be that way. We want, we want to invite people, come hang out, come meet the riders, come see the bikes, ask any questions you want. We run parts that you can buy. We don't hide anything. Like we, we pride ourselves on that. And that's, I think the, the unique part about beta right now. So could we claim one of your guys' bikes at Loretta's? If we were racing Loretta's, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Just, just, just asking the questions. Well, and honestly, Nick, I don't think Carly would would be too concerned about you claiming one of his bikes because he just said it. We run all the parts on our race bikes that you can buy. So I'm sure he would happily take $17,000 for one of his beta motorcycles. Yeah. I'm, 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 sure. I'm, hopefully, I'm sure. Hopefully one day I'm in that position. <laughs> that that mean we're, we've done something exactly <laughs> yeah i mean you guys have it it's 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 definitely showing for sure so man keep keep going on what your plan is and and it'll it'll get to where you want it to be i'm sure 
yeah and it's it's awesome that you guys you know have that mentality towards racing it's not you know we're we're racing and we're taking everything super super serious and everybody else needs to stay away from us while we do our program you're you want to include everybody and that's 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 a real nice aspect of you know every time that you guys are out at the pits you know it's always nice and easy to to walk up ask questions you know see see what you guys got going on with the bikes and all that fun stuff absolutely yeah and i think that's one of the things that we've heard a lot from you know supercross motocross because we we've got we've got a bunch of supercross motocross guys that are now racing off-road and they they talked about like what you said right like it's you come in the pits they can talk to anybody and and everybody talks to everybody if you need a if you need a lever or you need you know a throttle cable or something everybody's willing to help you which right. is not always the case at supercross or motocross right so all right hey let's talk about uh let's talk about the team plans for next year uh who who you got same guys where are you racing what series uh yeah um basically right now we're we're uh we're planning to mimic our 22 season uh with a few minor changes here and there um we have all the same riders we're we're on board and signed uh same series um we're just we're just waiting for some uh for some series schedules to come out to finalize a couple other things but other than that i want to make said there's there's a big goal in mind into uh into what we have planned and I committed and invested into the guys we have. And I don't want to, you know, I didn't invest into the stock market and run because someone else says it's going to drop soon. Right. Right. <laughs> so so it, it's, uh, I want to get, I want these guys to succeed. Um, and I want them to help us grow as a company too, as far as the race team side. And, uh, like I said, we have, a, we have a goal with each guy and I want them to get it, um, and give them every chance possible before, before I just use them as an excuse and saying they didn't do their job. You know, I want, I want to, uh, I want to hit that goal with, with each guy. Gotcha. So a yeah, little bit of loyalty keeps, uh, you know, keeps them working hard and trusting you guys and really getting everything out of them. Yeah, no, and it, and it just helps. It helps uh, every little bit, every little bit of bike testing and, and your mechanic camaraderie and knowing the schedule of, of the team being at the events and knowing how the bike handles. And, you know, it doesn't take eight months to get comfortable with a bike. It takes a year, a year and a half to really know every inch of your motorcycle. Um, and it takes six months alone to, to test or it could take your entire career to test to get it to where you want it to feel. Um, and I think, you know, like that's, that's what I don't want to do is just, is just run and hide from every problem we may have. I think each guy we have is capable of doing great things and we finalize a couple of things on our end and they finalize a couple of things. And then, yeah, it's just gonna, it's gonna be the greatest story ever. <laughs> no. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm mean, we look forward to that. What, uh, what are the chances of Jonathan, Evan or Jason doing, uh, NGPC or uh, Western hair scrambles next year or vice versa? um joe zane or dare going to doing a gncc next year it all depends on that's what i'm saying it all depends on scheduling we gotta we gotta wait to see uh some how some schedules come out and and uh, we put put it on paper and see what's available um you know because i i like to encourage 
racers to do a handful of off scheduled events um, as long as it makes sense, as long as we can provide the help that's required. And um, but I don't want to take away from another rider. So that's kind of the tricky part is they may have an off scheduled weekend, but we may not be able to support. And I don't want to them to just show up and not us or us not be able to take care of them like we need to be able to. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it all, it all depends on how some scheduling comes out. You never know. All right. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. Right, Nick? Yes, sir. Hey, uh, you guys wouldn't have any need for a X125 NGPC champ or 250 Vet Pro champ, would you? <laughs> How much you cost? <laughs> just, just, say, just say I'm no, cheap. Carlin. Just say no. <laughs> hey, hey, results don't lie. If, you, if there's results up there, we might have to snag you. See? Yeah. Hear that yeah. yeah. Did you tell Carlin how many people were in that 125 class last year? Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Okay. It was just him, by the way. <laughs> he, he said the results are what matters. <laughs> he said it was the results. Got, got first every single race. That's pretty – that's domination. That is total domination. How about, how about overall? <laughs> uh, I did decent in the 250 class. The 125 class, there was a, a trip into the lake. Uh, a planned trip into the lake at Havasu. Oh, okay. So it, that, that race didn't go well, but otherwise it was pretty decent. No. And, and I'll be honest with you, Stover, <laughs> and I'm really disappointed in you as a team manager yourself. That was a question that he asked that you didn't have an answer to, man. How do you expect to get, how do you expect to get it? Yeah, Come on. Yeah, no, you know, I, I wasn't ready for that question. I was just going with, you know, class results. Cause that's, that's really all that matters. Who cares about everybody else in my class? I was the best. That's right. Well, hey, I think uh, we, we really got two questions left um, for you. And uh, I've got one and Nick's got the other one. So I'll ask mine first. And remember what we said. We expect you to answer every question. Mm-hmm. Um, so rumors, right? Uh, 450. I know you and I've talked about it already, but when's, when's the 450 coming or is it coming? It's coming. Um we're actually going to display it at MX Donations in a few weeks. Nice. Oh, very nice. So we'll be able to see that thing on TV. Uh, I mean, you'll see Van Horbeck's bike there. Um, I don't know if you'll see the actual actual production model. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're, I'm go, we're going to support Jeremy Van Horbeck at MX Donations in a couple weeks. And then a uh, bunch of the crews going out to do some display and, and do some giveaways and handouts and interact with the crowd. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna display the the new 450 at that at that race. Awesome, that's awesome. All right, last question, and this is all Nick. So if it goes bad, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so so again, rumors. Um, you guys gonna be starting a SX MX team? Um, yeah, but we see the the beta follow cam on uh, for all the MX stuff, and I think I think I saw that you guys had a. A uh, 250 rider for the MX or yeah the MX Futures stuff the combine. So are we gonna see a, a pro team. I don't know anything about the combine. No, I thought thought I saw a highlight with a, a, a kid on a beta there. Oh, if there is, you need to send me his contact. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, we're we're gonna go race Supercross. Um, I can't guarantee when it exactly will be. Um, we were we were going to shoot for it earlier than we are now, but with how some of the things are playing out with the new series layout and the Super World Motocross and the, 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 
the world motor or what is it the world supercross series and a couple of these new things we're kind of going to sit back and wait and kind of see how some of the things pan out um it's going to really kind of put a shift in my opinion put a shift on the the planning of the racers and what series they want to do and how they want to do it and if they want to do supercross only motocross only and like i said the the beauty of beta is we get to we get to make our own decisions um and we don't have to get pressured into any situation so that gives us the luxury of of sitting back and watching this next year go down and kind of seeing how some things play out. And then we get to, we get to plan and, and, uh, and be prepared for, for the following year after that, if that's, if that's what happens to come about, I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm, I've been, uh, we're, we're building for it and I'm, I'm, um, I'll be a part of the Supercross team and, and we have our infrastructure, basically in place um we're just waiting for a few things to kind of come into play and watch this next year's series and we'll be ready to roll awesome it'd be it'd be real fun to see you know another team in there and then uh especially a, a new team new bike all that fun stuff yeah we'll we'll be there for sure it's it's gonna be it'll be uh it'll be fun yeah right well, cool. yeah it is cool i mean so it's it's just a quite it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when at this right. point which is cool which is cool to hear right yeah and i, I wish i can give more um like i said but i don't want to say anything because it could change we're going to be in supercross but i can't tell you with who when what class any of that stuff um that'll be what you have to wait and see yeah, no, that no, that's fine, man. We you answered really the big question. I mean, everybody's everybody's been talking about it, so it's cool to hear from somebody that is directly involved saying, "Oh, it's coming." It's just a matter of when. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I, I I did mention earlier I did some research today on you, um, and I actually got a call from somebody that you know and. I asked him for some funny story about you. He he said he didn't have anything that he thought was podcast shareable. Um, but this person was Colton Eck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did say, I don't know, to ask him about Arena Cross and you guys together. And maybe he'll tell you something that happened there. Something funny or just something actually in racing? No, I like something crazy. I was just trying to find something funny, you know, that happened, you know. But he didn't want to share anything that he thought was podcastable. So I guess there is nothing. Shoot it was just that. you guys raced arena cross. So there's no there's no dirt on you then. Is, I, I, I'd be curious to see if he's talking about Canadian arena cross. Cause that I got is, so, I got that so is exactly what he said. Canadian arena cross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect yeah, you to share anything, but hey, he's like, I'm, nah, you ask him. No, that was that was fun. Uh, that was fun to be up there at 18, 19 and and experiencing some things, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll wait for the next NGPC race and you can just tell us on the side. But yeah, we can be face to face, but that can't be public. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, Carla, dude, I, I appreciate it, man. And thanks, thanks for spending some time with us and uh and hopefully yeah. we've we've got some information put out that people didn't know before, and and hopefully that helps sell uh, beta motorcycles. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I will say one thing. I I I, I got to say this. There mm-hmm. is one guy 
that absolutely loves your beta motorcycles. That dude is Tyler Shepardson from On the Pipe Podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've never heard a guy talk so much about beta motorcycles and his love for beta motorcycles than that dude. <laughs> but, but it's good. They're 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 uh, they are they're different. They're they're a good machine. Um, I don't want to sound cliche and biased, but they are they're unique in their own way, and they have uh qual or. Yeah, they have qualities that others don't, um, just like they have flawless, flaws like others don't. But um, each guy likes their own deal, and he we uh, he got to try one. He has one, and he's – yeah, exactly. He, he contacts me and my boss all the time, and he, he's loving that thing. Yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. Um, I've talked to him a couple times through Instagram, but he puts on a, he puts on a cool podcast. I, I look forward to listening to it. So yeah, I listen to him. I listen to him all the time, but I only, I met him. I didn't even know I met him at the time. I was in the middle of a GNCC on a bicycle and he's yelling at me and he comes over in a corner and I got a pit board sticking out and I'm yelling at a rider and he's like, tell me who he is. And I had no idea who he is. And I completely didn't even give him the time of day. And I felt so bad afterwards because I realized who it was. He had a t-shirt on and everything. And I was like, that was just the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> what do you expect, man? You're in the woods. Some guy's yeah. screaming your name through the trees. I mean, I don't know. I felt bad. He came, but he came up to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Yeah, what, you know, I'll talk to you later. And then my rider goes by, and I'm like, shoot, <laughs> I think that was Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. Hey, go, go have a good rest of your night. And, again, man, uh, thanks for spending time with us, and uh, we'll see you at the races. Sounds good. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Carlos. Yeah. All right, Nick. Well, hey, dude, that was uh, that was awesome, man. I mean, that yeah. was that was good to hear from Carlin and and yeah. his plans and and you got your answer sort of to Supercross. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that answer. You know, like I said, saw saw the the beta follow cam on on motocross and figured with the with them coming out with the 450 they'd they'd be starting to dip their toes into that arena so it's good good to hear that it, it is going to happen and like i said more more teams that are part of it the better uh, same thing with our series you know the the more teams that we can get the the better and um just it's good to have a, a brand that you know, like you described kind of cares about their their ridership and the loyalty and then uh, really wants to extend themselves to the public and make themselves available. Yeah. And, and I've, I've spent a little bit of time with Carlin and talked to him a bunch of times and he, he's a cool dude and, and he definitely knows what he's, what he's doing over there. And it, and it shows, I mean, cause they're definitely, I think better this year than they were the year before he came. So yeah, I expect, I expect to see, uh, you know, more good things coming from those guys. Going mm-hmm. into twenty three, yeah, and uh, yeah, with, uh, with with his insight on how how their program's running and what they're doing, yeah, I think uh, I think they're on the right track. We'll we'll be seeing you know top top step of the, the uh, podium here shortly. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, look, we've spent an hour and thirty four minutes of these people's time. Who knows if anybody's even still listening? But hey, let's uh, let's do the one last thing, and then we'll let everybody go. But. Uh, Guys, this is our off-road rumblings. Uh, I said it earlier in the podcast. These are just rumors and stuff that we, that Nick and I hear around the pits. Doesn't necessarily mean they're true. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're not true, but it's stuff that we hear. And, you know, it is silly season now, so I'm sure we'll start to hear more about this stuff as we go. 
Um, first up, Nick, um, KTM. From my my understanding, it's uh, for for KTM and Dante. It's uh, NGPC and uh, over to Western Hair Scrambles next year. I've heard the same thing. It'll be a, an interesting switch for him. Um, I'm sure he will still be out at some of the works, you know, that don't conflict with the West Hair Scrambles and you know off weekends or rounds that he likes that sort of thing. So that, it'll be interesting him kind of coming in and out of the, that series and mixing things up. Yeah, and, and and then being new to the West Hair Scramble stuff. Yeah, and I mean we're hearing the same stuff, you guys, with uh, Husky and Austin Walton and Gas Gas and and Redondi, and um, although I, I have heard stuff that maybe Austin's going to be staying with Works next year, and then uh, there's a possibility I think of that with Redondi as well. Although I, I don't know if if he wins the hair scramble championship this year, I would expect he would go back, but you never know. Yeah, and Hus- Husky will have um, – I'm sure Dalton will be doing the West Hair Scramble stuff. It seems like he really enjoys that along with Heron Hound. So the Husky will have representation out there. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see uh, Austin stick with the uh, uh, with works. Yeah, and uh, I- I'm hearing – and maybe you know more about this. I'm sure you do because she's your writer. But I heard Ava's, I guess, maybe getting – I'm hearing she's might be getting some support from Gas Gas next year, which, man, that's a, that's awesome for her. That, that is the rumor going around, yeah. Like, uh, we're, you know, and, uh, going, uh, getting a little bit little bit more help from uh, from the factory. And then uh, I, I believe uh, she was setting up for West Hair Scramble and uh, NGPC. Yeah, and I mean, look, she she deserves it. She deserves it. I mean, she's she's had a great year. It's not over yet. She's still got some hair scramble stuff. Then she's got to battle out with uh, Caitlin Jacobs over at RPM, and that's that's been fun to watch all year and close all year. And and uh, she's still got to finish out NGPC too. So you know, good for tied, her. Tied in points at NGPC uh, with Brandy at the moment. So yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's good stuff. A, uh, oh yeah. Mateo, uh, Rubajar, he's out of the 250 class and he's on a 450 with RPM and some, uh, some KTM factory support with RPM. So that'll be good to see him up in the 450 class and adding to that already stacked class, right? Right. Yeah. Just nothing like another, uh, another top five guy to throw in there. And I, I think it'll, it'll take him a, a minute or two to, uh, you know, get comfortable on that 450 and really, uh, really wring its neck and be super competitive with those top guys, but he's a quick learner. Great rider. It, it won't take him long. He'll be up there by the, before the end of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, we're going to have, it looks like, sounds like, don't know for sure guys. So, so don't quote me on it or us on it, but it looks like we're going to have teams maybe switching names and going under something else. We don't have a whole lot of information on it yet, but uh, look, look for that here in the next, 30 days or 60 probably. Um, and then uh, here's the kind of, kind of not crazy, but kind of different, but there's talk of like a new Moran GP series that I heard uh, Ron Purvines from Purvines Racing maybe a part of. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard a whole lot of it, but I know they did that one-off race uh, with the pretty good-sized purse this year, and it seemed like everybody had a really good time that went. And if the payout's good, I think they'll 
they'll get a lot of interest and you'll get guys driving out and, you know, either hitting um, a couple of the fun races or um, if they get everything set up right, uh, co-sanctioning with either works or NGPC, I think it'd be a lot of fun, um, you know, uh, intermixing the Moran guys with, you know, the big six or works, um, you know, just, just getting new guys in the series that kind of mixes things up. And again, new locations, always, always fun to ride somewhere new. Yeah. And you know, that, that takes us to the end here, Nick, right? Like, and we told you guys this before and prior podcasts, like there's, there's a lot of stuff floating around about people going to certain series. Uh, Hair scrambles looks like that Western hair scrambles is going to see a lot more factory action than it has in prior years. Um, some guys, you know, going to NGPC, other guys going to national hair and hounds works is still in the mix and guys going there. So I think, I think you guys are in for some, some pretty interesting stuff here in the next, you know, 60 days by the, by the end of October, probably, or November, you'll see some, some different stuff you haven't seen. Yeah. I think it'll be very interesting seeing, um, what everybody chooses, uh, you know, what, what title they're, they're prioritizing. Um, seems like ev- most everybody's sticking with big six due to the, the national title there. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of a toss up between works and West hair scrambles. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of either teams are splitting up and some of the guys are doing West hair scrambles and some of the guys are doing works or they're fully committing to one or the other. So it's, it's very interesting to see this, the, the kind of the, the dynamics of who's doing what and where everybody's going. What's, yeah. What's I mean, being prioritized. Yeah. I mean, the silly season for us is actually, I mean, pretty crazy. Um, you know, a lot of it started even before silly season officially starts, I guess, September 1st, but yeah, guys, there's a lot of stuff going around. So, so, so stay tuned on your, on your Instagrams and your social media stuff and, and, on our podcast here, but I think you're going to be in for a treat when you see what's, uh, you know, being talked about going on next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next, next couple months will be very interesting. Absolutely. All right, Nick, man. Hey, as always, bro, you're the best co-host on the planet. Hands down. Uh, thanks for taking